0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to A Theology of Hustle. I'm your host, Curry Blandford, and today I'm talking to Shundron Thomas. Uh, I ran across Shundron uh, with by finding his book from Ivy Press. Uh, and it is called Discover Joy in Work. And once I saw the title, I was like, I have definitely have to have this guy on. Uh, this is such an appropriate Theology of Hustle title because that's what we're talking about. A lot of this is that uh, God wants us to find joy in work. And so I sat down, sat down with him and just, there's so much wisdom in this episode, y'all. It is such good stuff. He has worked so many uh, across so many fields, so many different jobs. And uh, yeah, he just has wisdom um, because of those experiences is incredible. Right now, he is the president of asset management uh, for Northern Trust, which is a very large uh, corporation. Uh, He will explain what all that means because I uh, don't really know. Uh, he explains it well in this episode, but I can't quite articulate it. Uh, but he has a crazy job. It's awesome. And, uh, he has influence and it's amazing. And at the same time, what you'll find in this episode is that, uh, he's also a pastor at at a local church and just does the work of the gospel, does the work that God has called him to. And I think that's, that's it. That's it. That's how we, that's how we go about our business right there. And uh, no matter where we are, no matter what position we hold, we carry the gospel with us. And And this is what this episode's about. I can't wait for you to be encouraged, built up. Uh, there's some great stuff in here. Like I said, so yeah, I can't wait for you to hear from him. Uh, just a quick reminder. If you don't mind, uh, leave me a rating and review on iTunes or whatever app you use. That certainly helps out. Get the, the word out about the podcast. You can make sure and follow me at theology of hustle on Instagram and Facebook and at Curry Blanford on Twitter. Uh, just to stay up to date with what's going on at Theology of Hustle. We've always got something great going on in the podcast, so make sure you're up to date. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Shundran. Uh, well, Shundran, I just think thanks so much for inviting me into your home and like interviewing with me and sitting down. It's fun. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah. let's Let's just jump off and have you sort of introduce yourself to everybody a little bit. Certainly. Uh, Again, Shundran Thomas,
1: uh, a couple of uh, perspectives. One, first and foremost, um, a believer, a child of Christ, um, uh, a follower of Christ, uh, but also um, a father. So I am married uh, to a wonderful woman, Latanya, much better than I deserve. uh, (laughs) And I have two teenage boys, uh, uh, Javon and Micah. In terms of what I do professionally and vocationally, for years, I've worked in financial services. I serve as an executive uh, with a large uh, publicly traded financial services company, um, but you know, alongside that, I mean, there's other work that we do, uh, and so we're very involved in our ministry. Uh, I serve in that context as an associate pastor, uh, very involved in particular, like in the teaching uh, ministries and uh, the stewardship ministry and and, and and actually leading our men's fellowship. Oh, so I really okay. enjoy those things. Nice. Uh, and then, as you know, uh, I, I'm an author. And so um, whether it's in the context of work, I do a lot of writing, but um, the the book that I've recently released, literally just earlier this month, is my fourth book. Uh, and I spent a fair amount of time away from, you know, formally preaching also speaking uh, in a lot of contexts. Okay. so yeah, uh, that's how I keep my uh, self occupied over time. I'm um, <laughs> one of those people that I've never met a, a new or interesting idea that I do not like. Um, I love to read, to write, and to run. <laughs> yeah, I love
0: it. I love it. Yeah, you certainly have a, uh, a full schedule, which yeah. is yeah, keeps you out of trouble. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, well, I saw the book "Discover Joy in Your Work" uh-huh. and like. I just, I was like, I have to have you on. I mean, it's like, you know, that's such a big part of what we're talking about right. uh, in this podcast. So right. uh, let's go ahead and just jump into the sure. book. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, why did you feel like writing this book now and all that? Yeah. So um, it,
1: for the first thing that's interesting is when people hear the title Discover Joy and Work, I mean, it it evokes a certain kind of response. Because yeah, yeah. uh, one of the things that I would say, and I and I talk about this, uh, I believe, in the preface of the book, when people think about the terms work and joy, you know, at a first and a second glance for many people, those are strange bedfellows. Yeah. Be- I think people can think of their work in the context of it being important, potentially. Yeah, um, I think that um, people can think of uh, their work in the context of it being hard <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think that people think of their work in the context of it being something that can bring real happiness or fulfillment or joy or to the extent they do they think of that being the exception and not the norm right I think what's moreover I would say the the impetus for writing the book comes from from two things that intersect for me in my personal life first of all, transparently my own experience because I think any of us involved in work, you go through your proverbial highs and lows. So what I always tell people that whenever I'm sharing, whether it be through a book or otherwise, I'm not sharing some perspective at somebody who has arrived at this place where now I'm looking back and I I have all the perfect answers for life. More so someone that's on a spiritual journey like so many others, but I think God gives us all a unique perspective. Mm -hmm. And I have that in my own experience, and I come to how I have been able to find for myself how to discover and to continue to discover to find fulfillment or joy in my work. Yeah. The second part is really important. And I think it's it's a unique experience in that over a long period of time, I've been in roles, whether it be as an entrepreneur or as an executive for a long period of time, where I'm responsible for managing businesses with large groups of people. Sure. Um, today, our, our business, you know, has, you know, over eight hundred people spread around the globe um, that I'm ultimately responsible for leading and supporting. And what was striking for me to find is as I spent a lot of time coaching and engaging with people, how many people are actually either A, minimally disengaged from their work, but even in a more concerning way, really discouraged by their feelings or their perspective of their experience in the workplace, and so that really got my 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 heart to believing there's really something here that we can speak into and and i i believe that God has given me some perspective uh to share and encourage others
0: yeah yeah it's i i found the book uh really heartening for uh even my you know i do a lot of work in this work world i guess uh but just like. don't know uplifting i think you know i was like yeah there can be joy i was i was playing golf actually this week and i got paired up with an with a guy who's a retiree okay and he was talking you were talking about work and stuff and he was like yeah now work is a curse word at my house right and i was like man like this guy spent his entire Entire. life yeah like cursing the thing that he he spent most of his time doing doing. you know and it just brought me back to your book and just yeah it was uh yeah it was it was a moment where i was like man we're missing it you know so how do you go about you know, talking to people about finding, finding joy in their work?
1: Right. Well, well first of all, you, you know, you, we start with a foundation. So, so what I say is there are three words uh, and I'm, I'm, it's my wiring. I'm very intentional about words, but there are three words that really the whole concept of the book is built around. And this is how I engage people on it. What are those words? Work, joy, and transform. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we think about work, what is work? Work is something that um, demands, physical, mental energy and effort, right? Yeah. So we think about that. And 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 that effort is put forth to deliver, right, some sort of tangible outcome, mm-hmm. right? And so the first thing I say is work is intended to actually not only be productive, right, but we're actually designed to flourish in our workplace, right? And work in and of itself is inherently good. Mm-hmm. So that's the first sort of I said, truth that you establish about yeah. work. The second thing is joy. What is joy? Joy is something that brings us great pleasure or delight, right? Um, And we all want to have joys that we experience in life. And so the second important truth, and I encourage people in this area, is that whatever your experience has been or you believe it to be, the second thing to know is that work actually is intended to be joyful, right? Right. The third word we talked about is transform. And so what do we think? We think transform, we think change from one state or thing to another, right? The proverbial go from the caterpillar to the butterfly, right? But when you think about changing or transforming in this context, it is the change of a state of mind, Mm -hmm. right? Because the thing is... Work is not just about what we are actually experiencing. Mm -hmm. Henry Nouwen says this is very powerful. He said our life is also, and in many respects, about what we think and feel about what we're experiencing. And so understanding that the power of the human spirit spirit is I can literally change my experience by changing my mindset. And so that's how we really begin to enter into this discussion about discovering joy in work.
0: No, that's good. That's really good stuff because it is... uh, yeah, I'm going to tell a story just to set sure. some context to this. So, I think I've told this on the podcast before, but I, uh, I worked at Starbucks for 10 years. I was bivocational as a pastor. And I always sort of like felt like Starbucks at a certain point was sort of beneath me. Right. I had like a, I had master's degrees. I was sort of, uh, and so I became very bitter about my work all the time. Right. And I, I remember one time I was specifically really mad at God, right. Like, uh, very frustrated. I walked into my house and he, he just spoke to me and he said, if, Following me meant doing this for the rest of your life. would you do it? Do it. and wow. it just like shook me to my core because I had like completely gotten the wrong mindset around Starbucks right And then after that like going into work, it's like seeing it seeing it differently right is right. something God's called you to changes like everything right. Know? In a lot of ways, yeah.
1: Now it's interesting that you say that because uh, it's similar for me. Like you know, if I think about the arc of experiences over time. So I said, look, for me, I've known work in many different forms. I mean, it starts at the age of eleven or twelve. You know, um, I I borrow the lawnmower and I tell my dad I want to go out and earn some money. Right? Um, We didn't come from um, a really background where we had a lot of material things, right? Sure. Um, but I was raised in a, in, a, in a family environment where I had strong, loving parents who were very strong in their faith. Um, but it's cutting grass, right? Uh, yeah. Mowing lawns, it's, it's shoveling snow. But as I went into the workplace, it's interesting, you know, before you um, progress to certain things, you talk about, you know, having your education, all those different things. I can remember telling myself this story, like, you know, when I get to this point yeah. or when I make this amount, I'm going to be happy, right? right? But then what happens? We, we get there yeah. And we're not happy. Right. We're, we're 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 dissatisfied. And I remember going through um a, a what I would call a dry season. Yeah. And the reality is, if you were looking from the outside, you know, I had all the the trappings and the appearances of what we would call success. Yeah. But I wasn't. I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But as as I looked at that time and uh, God began to speak to me, similarly how He spoke with you, what I realized the things that I really, in a sense, weren't unhappy were unhappy with. They were things of my own doing. It's how I was choosing to prioritize or not prioritize things. Yeah. And, you know, when you you get out of sorts about what the real purpose is of the work that you do, and ultimately that whatever work we're, we, we we seek to do is supposed to glorify God. Mm-hmm. When When you become, if you're not careful, judgmental yeah. of people you work with in the workplace, and you're really not seeing them fully as who they are created in the image and likeness of God— it's easy in a sense to lose the plot, right? Um, And so in that way I realized for myself that I had to step back and and reprocess some things. And it's amazing to me when I look back and see how literally there was nothing about the set of experiences or circumstances that I was in that materially changed. Right, yeah. Um, My work got no less challenging. There was no less office politics or any of those things but how I began to see and experience my work in that season. And so that was really meaningful for me. So so I can really appreciate you sharing.
0: Yeah, no, I yeah. And I think that's one of the great takeaways from this book. And the great I mean, uh yeah, I was gonna say it may need to be, it may be a reminder more than anything, but I don't think it is that like The, the, the mind and how we approach our work changes how we engage in our work. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it has to be tangible. Like what, what we
1: do during the book, like, so if you look at it, it's, it's broken up in three segments. Um, the first segment talks about the workplace, second segment, work ethic, last segment, work life. Mm -hmm. And so when I go back to that third word transform, yeah. What I suggest is we have to transform our mindset in three ways: how we view our workplace. By workplace, I'm referring to the environment in which we work and the community of people we work with. Yeah. So we have to change our our, our, our view of that. And 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 if I just started there, there 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 are four things I, I have to help myself remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so the, the 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 four chapters uh, uh, we call them the four A's. It's it's about attitude. Yeah. Right. It's about approach, it's about aptitude, and then finally, achievement. And so this is not just one of these things where it's a book of exhortation. This is about real tangible things. First, in terms of dealing with how do we address our attitude? Um, a big part of addressing your attitude is self-awareness and one of the things I found for myself I'm always working on my own level of self-awareness as you know uh, the, the scripture reminds us we see in a glass or a mirror dimly right yeah, right <laughs> um, and so uh, the more that you're able to develop self-awareness the better um, experience that you can have in working with people and that's part of actually being able to see your workplace in the right way yeah um, that second thing approach you know you I, I'm sure you've experienced this in all kind of work settings you know how you can have the right idea, but totally the wrong approach. Yeah. And so there are things in terms of learning how to approach our work, whether it be how we prioritize things, whether it be how we partner with people. Like we talk about that, yeah. you know, intangible uh, takeaways uh, the, of things that you can do in that regard. Um, when you talk about this thing of aptitude, you know, sometimes to be quite frank, and, and where I have to coach, particularly a lot of times, not just young professionals, but older professionals, if you stop investing in your growth, Intellectually, emotionally experience, uh, spiritually, you will not enjoy your experience because we are actually designed to grow, yeah. and so a lot of people they, they aren't investing in their aptitude, but then they're unhappy right and so talking about tangible ways that we do that, last thing I would say is then achievement you could you can appreciate this sometimes there's a lot of activity, but no progress. <laughs> Yeah. that's actually not real work. right? And so you should be frustrated if you're busy, but not productive. Right. So thinking about how do I make sure that I'm actually intentional, I'm productive in a workplace, because that's going to give me the sense of fulfillment that
0: I'm seeking. Yeah. Well, because I think a lot of people maybe feel, uh, I don't know, trapped or something in yes. a job. Right. And yes. like that, I can't, uh, I can't be happy because of my boss or because of my situation or, you know, <laughs> right. whatever it is. Right. And I think what you're challenging is that it, it's more of a it's more of an internal thing than it is like an external. There's no right. external things that are going to change and just make it all better, right? right.
1: Yeah, and part of it now, and I, there's pragmatism that we 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 have and we talk about in the book. Now, let me be clear about this. I have no Pollyanna view of the world. Mm-hmm. There are people right now, as you and I are talking, that are in uh, situations um, that are truly challenged. Sure, um, they may be experiencing sexism in the workplace or, or racism or some. Um, extreme form of uh, discrimination. Um, There are times when you can truly be working for a manager or a supervisor and just given, unfortunately, where they may be personally, uh, it's a toxic environment. Or sometimes you have a very um, toxic team culture. It could be the entire firm or company. Um, More often than not, it's a particular group. Now, here's the reality if you are truly in one of those situations, the only reasonable piece of advice that we can give you is to seek help and to leave. So So this is not to say, pretend that that doesn't exist. What it is to say, though, the vast majority of situations, that's not what's defining those situations. So in the situations where that is not defining the situation, just stepping back to say, we really can affect those things, right? Um, it's interesting in most jobs, I'll mention this one observation, people underappreciate to appreciate how much latitude you have to kind of affect yeah. the job that you're in and in ways small, sometimes large, shape what that experience will be. And so it's just getting people to think about those type of things as they think about
0: how they add value and, and then find meaning in the workplace. Yeah, it's good. It's, gr- it's really good stuff. Um, one thing that I was struck by over and over in your book is talking about how much mentorship you have done for yeah. young professionals. Can you talk a little bit just about like mentorship in the workplace and
1: Yeah. So for me it's like it's it's truly the the uh the the vicious loop but in a good way. So I don't think anybody uh in work or in life accomplishes anything of true significance by themselves. Hmm. And uh, I have just been the product of wonderful mentorship and teaching and counsel my entire life. It starts with my parents, who are also my senior pastors, right? Uh, but it's also um, uh, God reveals himself and often works through people, right? Yeah. And so I think about people that I believe you know, have strategically been placed in my life. So I've always valued the, the, the value of mentorship and sponsorship, I also understand that for people to um, become their best selves, right, they actually need that mentorship. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing. I also realize for those of us, and you know this well as a pastor, God's grace is such that He can use us while He's still working on us. Yeah, But sure. part of our growth comes from taking what we have learned and hopefully wisdom that we've acquired and sharing with or teaching it to others. And that's how we actually continue growing. So to me, it's not even an optional thing. Um, but I enjoy it. And and the last thing I would say about, um, being open to and engaged with mentoring people a lot, you learn so much in the process as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Very much so. What do you have advice to maybe like younger professionals out there, like looking to maybe even find a mentor? Cause that feels like a really, (laughs) yeah. Difficult task sometimes, right? It, it, it does. So here's the, the, the very first thing I, I, uh, I, I
1: say. A mentoring relationship by its very design is a teaching relationship. So what I would say is there are a lot of young professionals or, or young people who are getting are involved in their, their occupation. And what they will say is they'll say, I want to mentor. But if you really unpack it or you double click... What you really see is they see someone that they view or perceive as successful, right. and they want the success or perceived success that they have. Mm. That's not mentorship, right? So first of all, understanding what mentorship truly is and saying to yourself, am I truly willing to be mentored, Yeah, just generally speaking, um, begins the path of, of mentorship, I think more than not, my own experience has been, while there are formal mentorship programs that I've seen in the workplace that can have some value, most true, truly effective mentoring relationships are organic. Yeah. So here's what I found. If you present yourself to be a willing learner and coachable, my experience has been more than not, mentorship kind of finds you, right? Yeah. Because... Think of your experience in your life. If, if you're, if you're, if you're, I, I'm willing to bet, just only knowing you for some time, Korea, that as you engage with people, whether it's through your church, whether it's through your work environment, when you see promising people, you are just drawn oh, to yeah. sowing into their lives. For sure. So what I'm saying is that kind of spirit, that mm. kind of desire, it literally attracts. Mm. Part of it, and this is my own belief, I think that's just part of the grace of God. Yeah. If, if mm. God knows that you're willing and you're teachable uh, and you want to grow, I really believe he will position people. And I think the other is true too. I think yeah. that's one of the reasons that, you know, the Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. Yeah. When, you're, when you're closed-minded or you're hard-headed, it's very difficult to find organic mentoring yeah. relationships, right. right? So I think it's part of that. The last thing I would say though, where you can actively help find mentors is, uh, it's what I call the proverbial digging your well before you're thirsty. So people who go out and present themselves as being helpful to others, right? And it doesn't have to be a big thing, but, and it can be people that are very senior to you. You can find ways to sew into what they're doing there is a reciprocity that happens. Uh, there it is there is a constructive way in which, in sewing to things that they're doing, they have a desire to sew back into your life. So those are the things I would say for young people to think about as they seek and desire mentoring relationships.
0: yeah I've, that's very insightful. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't have a like ton experience you know, in the workplace mentorship per right. se, you know. Um, that's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Um, okay. Can we jump into maybe a little bit of your work life now? Absolutely. I'm so interested. I mean, you have done (laughs) so many different things, right? I mean, over the, over the years, can you talk a little bit just about your, maybe a a snapshot of your vocational history? Yeah. So,
1: so it's interesting where, where I started. So I got interested in business while high school and then did my undergraduate business degree. I was, somewhat fortunate to find uh, my path because my, it was just before my senior year of college, I got a chance to do an internship uh, with the Wall Street firm. And I went there and they actually, of the small group of interns that they hired, they just placed us based on where they thought would be, you know, a good fit for the summer. And so I got placed in sales and trading and got to work in the markets and I just absolutely loved it. Uh. And so it was one of these things where, you know, you just found your calling. Yeah. Now, part of it, the seeds were, were already sown because I had been began to study investments and finance in school. Uh, We had an investment uh, company as part of the undergraduate college I went to and an investment club. And so some of those things, you know, it was creating an interest. So that's where I I, I wind up going full time. You know, fast forward, I, I do that for several years working and living in New York. I moved back to Chicago. I pursued my MBA at the University of Chicago. I go from there to work for another Wall Street firm and uh, begin to have experiences, get my first opportunity to manage and lead a team, uh, things like that. I had an a interesting transition before coming to the firm I am now because um, I decided with a friend to do something entrepreneurial. Um, and it was one of the hardest uh, things I've ever done in my life and one of the best experiences. So we actually Brought bought a Christian re- retailing uh, oh, franchise. You 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 okay. may remember years ago, uh, Moody Bible Institute used to be in the retail business. We yeah. we actually bought one of their stores. Oh really? Uh, we expanded that. We built an online presence. I mean, yeah. so for for five years we um, we tackled retail, and and I did that you know uh, full time for a period of time, and then there was a three year period of time. Honestly, I was working corporate by day and sort of entrepreneur by wow. night. Um, There's so much I learned in that entrepreneurial experience that has helped me in a a lot of different environments. Uh, It's not for everybody, um, but I I could talk a lot about that. For the last um, going on 16 years, um, I've been with the firm that I've with, and I've just been blessed in terms of God has opened doors. I've gotten expanded responsibilities uh, I got to work first for a short period of time in the wealth management business. Very early on in that experience, I got to run all of corporate strategy hmm. for the co- corporation. Wow. And then successively from there, you know, I've run or been asked to start different businesses. Ultimately, um, I became president of our global asset management business, okay. and then I run that business unit for the firm and sit on the management uh, corporation for the firm. Uh, people ask me, "Well, you know, how does that happen?" I mean, you know. Certainly for any of us, there is amount of emphasis that we have to put on being, um, focused on whatever our craft is. Yeah. And there's this, there, there's, there's hard work and skill and effort that goes in that, but make no bones about it. Um, a lot of the experience is also grace and timing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so those things have come together to create some tremendous opportunities for me, yeah. um, to lead in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and, and I very
0: much enjoy what I do. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's a, that's a heck of a journey. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, going back over all that, was there a moment when some of this like discovering joy in your work, uh, in work, was there an aha moment to some <laughs> of that? Or, yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say, you know, there's different times in life I can definitely point to. There's one in particular. So... Worked. And so when I work, so when you work for like, depends on the role. like when you work for, uh, in certain roles for Wall Street firm, I mean, you work all the time. Yeah. Like yeah. when I was young, yeah. but like when I was working, living in New York, we worked all the time. Yeah. Um, and I remember coming back and then I went back to the business school at the university of Chicago. And so I had gotten hired uh, at that time by Goldman Sachs. So I was, so I was that's what I was going to work for after okay. business school. And literally it was just before I was starting work, but I don't know, you know, it's just I'm sure just God was dealing with me because I was thinking, I said, you know, I, you know. so now I've had some real work experience. I'm going back into an industry um, that I feel well suited for, but I don't know. I was just wrestling with, there's just, there's gotta be something more than just, you know, working 70, 80 hour weeks. I mean, I'm just, yeah. and, and so what was interesting. So my father, again, who's also a senior pastor, he invited me to a men's conference and it was literally just before, it, it had to be like two weeks before I was starting work yeah. uh, again, full time. And I'll never forget um, the late Miles Monroe speaking and he was speaking on purpose. And I remember him talking about, you know, it's not going to be an exact quote, but he said, so many people die um, taking their talents and gifts to the grave and he was talking more than just about, you sort of just having a a job, but he was was talking about purpose and really your life's work. I didn't have it all figured out then, but I remember those seeds being sown at that time, and so it always gave me this attitude that, in doing my work, there was, there had to be something more transcendent about it. So that in particular was a time. And if you want to call it one of those aha moments, I think it was, it was at the right time and season where God was planning something that quite frankly would take time to fully take root and flourish. Um, but it was an important time for me.
0: That's powerful. Uh, yeah. Who wants to go to the grave, not use, you know, finding their real purpose or using their talents and yeah, that's powerful. It's good stuff. Okay. So now you're the, the president of asset asset management. management. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what the heck does that even mean? So, uh,
1: so at the firm that I work with, I mean, um, again, we, we we have a pretty large business. So, um, we the the corporation itself uh, is involved in three primary businesses. Like we work we work with wealthy individuals to help them manage uh, their wealth. We work with large institutions to uh, what we call custody or safe keep their assets and do other things around those assets, like we call you know reporting and what we call broadly asset servicing and then the third business we have is the one that I'm responsible for uh, asset management or investment management, and so you can think of that as whether it's institutions or individuals we're in charge with the responsibility of managing and growing them their investments for them over time. sure our investment management business is the about the 14th largest investment management business in the world, okay. Um, by, by virtue of assets under management, wow. so we manage, um, collectively about a trillion worth of assets, uh, for yeah. large institutions, financial intermediaries, uh, families, and we manage those in a variety of ways. We would have um, investment products that you might be familiar with, like, say, mutual funds, sure or exchange-traded funds. We we can manage a large private or separate account for a large institution. Yeah. And so there are a variety of, in a sense, products that we use to deliver those investment management strategies. And then again, it's a global business. So like I was telling you, we were talking yeah. before, when you were warming up, I mean, I, I literally just got off a plane you know, 24 hours ago coming back from uh, spending time with investment clients that we have in different parts of Europe. And so for our business, we, we have clients in North America and Canada. In Europe, uh, the Middle East, all the way through Asia and Austria, Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. So we have clients, you know, spread out uh, around the globe. And so it's 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 a very humbling thing because the business, right? I mean, there are lots of people or pro- uh, providers of the services. It's very competitive in the sense in that you know, again, so you have these various different offerings, and you know, there's so many different things that go in the market every day that affect how you would think about managing portfolios. Yeah. Uh, you overlay on that, you've got all these different geographies and regulations and different things like that. So for me, if you're intellectually curious, uh, it's certainly uh, an intriguing business uh, to be part of. But, But that's the scope, in a sense, from an investment management business of what we do. And it can dead end, like you can think of it on a high level. But in a very localized level, you may have someone in your family that has a retirement account, and lo and behold, if you peered into it, you might find that in that retirement account, they have a mutual fund that we're managing,
0: right yeah yeah, so you're just making sure it's growing and yeah. Yeah, doing what it's supposed to do right. and all that stuff. Wow. so as, as president, do, do, are your responsibilities most mostly interpersonal, like with with outside clients, or the, or is it more uh, managing yeah. uh, employees or?
1: Yeah, so it varies from day to day, okay. but I would say they okay. fall into a couple of major categories. Uh the first is as the president uh and the leader of the business, you you have a clear and affirmative responsibility to lead the team and setting a clear vision for the business. So where are we going as we look forward, you know, over the coming years, right? That means you have to translate that into very specific goals mm-hmm. about how you want to evolve and shape the business how you would intend for the business to grow. That would involve things like what kinds of services and products you're going to offer. So a big part of your job is working with your leaders to develop the vision and the strategy. Mm. Now, the second thing is, I mean, it's a public corporation. So so we have a lot of engagement with many stakeholders, including uh, the, the public shareholders of the company. So, I mean, we, we have returns that we have to generate. Right. And so we're being measured uh, based on that, so there's the managing of the business on a day to day basis to see that you're being a good steward of the resources that you're investing yeah. and you're generating right a good return on that investment over time. so think of the managing of the actual business so that's second bucket of responsibilities to your point, all of this is people power, <laughs> sure, so an extraordinary amount of time uh, is spent with people so. You're helping lead and manage the overall business, which is generally broken down into groups of teams in some form of fashion. You have people who work in certain product areas, certain staff functions, and so part of it is helping... Ensure that there's excellence across all those functions, helping ensure that those individuals work well together. Yeah. I, I like to say, and myself included in this, we bring the best and the worst of who we are to work <laughs> yes, every single day. Definitely, yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right? totally right. And um, yeah. uh, if you want to know uh, uh, what what more than not, when things get in the way of work, people get yeah, in the way of work, yeah. right? So helping people navigate that. Yeah. But but you know, here's a great part of the people part of it. Work is part of our perfecting process. So the wonderful thing about helping work with people and help them uh, interpersonally and all those things is they're becoming, literally, we're all becoming better versions of ourselves. And so that's part of the fun of it, but but you deal a lot with that uh, in the people issue. And then that's the internal side of the people issue. Externally, we're dealing with clients all the time, but we have many stakeholders. They're the regulators that we deal in. They're the communities that we do Mm -hmm. business in, and so my role is very visible. Like I can't hide. Like if you're president of the business, yeah. Right. Everybody <laughs> inside and outside, for better or worse, knows right. who you are. Yeah. So figuring out how you appropriately engage with whether it's vendors or suppliers and different things like that and different people in the community, you're recruiting new talent into the firm uh, or individuals. Uh, so so, so, so those, are, those are big parts of what you do. And then the last thing I, I would say now, there, and there are a whole bunch of other little things, but there is the intentional development of the culture like what you really want the norms of behaviors to be. And a lot of that then comes back to also what's the kind of ethics and morals we display. Mm -hmm. And then there are formal things around that, like compliance and things like that. And so, you know, you have an affirmative responsibility to make sure those things are adhered to in the right way and to make sure to the best of your ability that we're creating an environment where people are safe, where they can come to work and thrive, Mm -hmm. uh, where, where for, for that, where we say, uh, what we're about, and then that becomes what people experience uh, when they're part of the culture.
0: Wow, yeah, that sounds like uh, a lot, but I, you've thought through this in incredible ways, right? I mean, is that is that how you see sort of the kingdom intersecting with what you do? Is is right there?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, for me, for sure, right? Yeah. And so, it, you know, there's the one passage of scripture that talks about, you know, people will come and they'll say, you know, sort of, lo, the kingdom is here, or, yeah. oh, it's there, yeah but where's the kingdom of god it's within us and that's Amen. god's reign and rule being manifested in our hearts and through our lives and so if in fact you are transformed as a believer into the kingdom right yeah. well you're an ambassador for the kingdom and that means everywhere you go the kingdom goes every everywhere you are you know the king lives because the king lives in you and so for me it's it's truly uncomplicated, mm-hmm. right? It starts with anything that I have personally, like you were, you were gracious enough to come to my home to do this interview. You know, I'm a steward of this. Yeah. It's not mine. Right, It belongs to God, right? So I'm not confused when I go in the workplace. Now, I'm not saying everybody in the workplace has the same conviction, but when I show up at work, I'm not confused, right? Right. Mm. I fundamentally know, and I'm not confused in any way, that the earth is the Lord's, everything in it, and all them that dwell therein. And so how can I not have that mindset when I go to work that I need to steward these assets uh, and I need to engage with the people as if, because in fact it does, it all belongs to
0: God. Amen. I think we could shut down the podcast. I think you just, <laughs> you just nailed it, man. That was, uh, that was so good. And that's where I see your work too, your book. So intersecting with what the podcast is about, because right. it is, if, if we're going to be working for the kingdom, God wants us to find joy in that yes. work that we're doing. And if we're not, then something's off kilter. Right. right? Yeah. There you go. It's done. It's good.
1: Along those lines, what I think is, you know, joy is a big part of it. But, you know, this is another thing, and that's what I love about what your podcast focuses on, because it has to be that very real and practical intersection. Because when we think of Christ and the kingdom, certain things should immediately come to mind. So, for instance, when I think about my work and I think about representing Christ in his kingdom, one of the first things I think is, I need to do my work with excellence. Yeah, right. Like... Why would Christ do anything less? Right. So, for me, if I don't deliver excellent work, how can I be faithfully representing the King?
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: Right. Yeah. Um. So for me, mm. like I, I can't halfway do my work. Right. Right. I, I, I can't phone it in. Like we, we, uh, a good mentor of mine used to, to say this, and that it always stuck with me. He said people, you know, often worry about when people quit and leave. He said a bigger concern is when people quit and stay. Yeah. Right. And so understanding that if you and that's why when I talk about that second section of the book, work ethic, that's a big one for me, because work ethic is about this belief. Right. That work. Right. Has the ability to build character work in and of itself is virtuous. Right. And so there is an argument to be done beyond what we get paid or remuneration. Right. To actually do the work for the work's sake. It's why I love, I mean, I love the creation narrative, right? I yeah. mean, I always tell people, I think about, like, God does stuff on purpose. Yeah. And so I don't think the, the the Bible is organized the way it is by accident. Yeah. And I say, think about it. When we are introduced to our creator, we find a God not at rest, but we find a God not at work. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it, and again, um, people may say I'm taking some creative license, but I say, read it for yourself. I think if I this statement is true. How could you describe God's attitude towards his work without describing it as being joyful? Hmm. I mean, he pauses at different points and he says, this is good. This is good. (laughs) And when he gets to his best workmanship, it's like, this
0: is very good. And I say, at its best, that's how work should Uh, be. Wow. I never thought about that. Like, he literally stops at the end of each day. It's, man, like, this is really rocking and rolling, right? Like, this is good. Good, yeah. but when
1: I ask people that yeah. this question, Curry, it, re- it 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 resonates with them. We all have those moments, yeah. like when you do really good work, nobody has to tell you. For sure. Like you know how sometimes, yeah. right? Listen, uh, and again, I hope I'm not speaking out of school. Like I can say this one <laughs> one preacher to another, right? Look, we have to teach and preach a lot. Yeah, you know, some of the deliveries are better than others. Very much. Right? So. Yeah. Now. But you know, like nobody has to tell you, you know, when you've delivered. Oh, for sure. Release. I mean, sure. And 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 in a sense, and it's not a prideful thing. Yeah. It's actually you feel the power and the presence of God manifested in your work. Yeah. And nobody has to affirm you or pat you on the back
0: because the work itself speaks. Yeah. The work is speaking and you say and then you're like, now this was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I totally, yes. So so right. Yeah. There's this, it just brought to mind, but there's this picture of me preaching. And for some reason in the community center we were at, like we rent a community center, the lights hit me in such a way that my body is like literal light, like an (laughs) angel. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm up there preaching and somebody took this picture and it's like the Shekinah or whatever. But I always think about that in those moments when I am like really getting after it. It, That's what it feels like. It feels like God just has taken over and like, it feels like you could almost say anything and it just like be right. powerful. You know, right. it's a, it's a, it's an amazing experience. Right. Yeah. But good work. Yeah. 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 You do. Yeah. good. Yeah. I love it. I, I feel like I got a little of that preacher just then oh, coming sorry. out and <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry at all. That's, that's, I love it. I love it. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's important. Uh, yeah. good. Um, I want to put you on the spot if, okay. if, if and you don't, you know, but how, I mean, you work in financial services, right. right? How do we as Christians sort of maybe approach some of these financial questions? Because I feel like the scripture is yes. hard on uh, wealth, you know, in some ways. And so, right. yeah, how do, how do you talk to people about that sort of stuff? Yeah. So uh, the
1: Bible, which is good, is, you know, the Bible speaks wisdom into every area of our life, right? Yeah. Um and if you, if you think about uh, the things that the Bible speaks concerning wealth, and there are very many, but if I were to oversimplify it, I would say, Scripture really focuses on our attitude towards wealth. Mm. It tells us things like, not that wealth is inherently bad, but it's, first of all, it says, it is God who gives you the ability to get wealth. Right. That's a really important starting point. So think about, like, think about um, the secular narrative. How many people say I'm a self-made fill in the blank? Right. Well, already we're going down the wrong path, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. because if that is the starting point, it is if that is the foundation of my belief. Yeah. Then I'm not going to use the wealth in which the guy because I believe I, I believe I'm self-made. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so that's one thing. Um, it says the love of money. Sure. Yeah. Is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so what it says is I have to have an appropriate relationship with, I have to love God. Um, but I can't love the material things. Right? right. Um, in a sense, what I like to say to people is the wealth that God designed in all material farms, we're supposed to actually have stewardship or Lord over it. It's not supposed to Lord over us. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, I think there's so many things that have become accepted as part of, the normal narrative that we accepted is true. I mean, think about that. It's a very difficult thing, but that is so common in our society. Yeah. And then people are miserable, right? It's like, it's interesting, like, if you think about, this is one example, and I, I probably should have not picking on anyone. Any it's just <laughs> true, right? Like, you ever think about, like, how excited people are when they quote-unquote purchase a home? yeah, right. And then you, like, talk to the same people two years later, and like, like they're miserable because of the mortgage, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, and in a sense, the Bible talks about that, yeah. right? It, it talks about being under, in a sense, the bondage of that. And so I, I think um, part of it is I tell people we really need to truly study and apply what Scripture says about wealth. Um, I think that, and we have to eat the whole roll, because sometimes like, we're like overly um, spiritual about things where God gives really practical insight. Mm. I mean, there's a reason where we have the parable of the talents, right? Right. God was clearly looking for a return. Right. It was it was it was his reasonable expectation. Yeah. So we couldn't sit on the talent in any form or fashion. I mean, yeah. I don't think those are things that are there by accident. Um, so I think it's really important to 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 critically search scripture, to look for guidance from God. If we don't, right, I go back to the very powerful scripture. Look, two masters,
0: yeah,
1: right. And so if we don't get the right understanding uh from god our father in terms of how we're supposed to relate to wealth or material things the reality is i think the default position is you're serving
0: it mm. yeah that's good i appreciate you being willing to yeah go down that road a little bit uh yeah it's difficult right i mean oh of course it's the the world and yeah it's it's, it's very yeah, difficult because yeah. it
1: because it's, it's 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 seductive. Cause it it will never fulfill you. Right. Like it's this like and, and you can think in your mind, oh, once yeah. I get this or just right. when I have if I just have enough. Yeah. Right. Um, but the only thing that's truly, truly satisfying in that way is is God. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a God-sized space in all of us that only He can fill. Yeah. And when you try to fill it with the other stuff, right? Um, and so 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 that that is a really that's one that admittedly people struggle with. the the, One other thing I would say on that is usually when you talk about wealth or money, people always go to the one extreme, and I think you have to cover the whole thing, which is to talk about how rich people deal with money. Yeah. I think it's how all people deal with money. Yeah. So I I don't think it's your level of wealth. Yeah. Um, I think anybody at any level of wealth can have the wrong relationship with it. Yeah. So I think it's important that we appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. That gets lost in that conversation a lot. It's like, what are the wealthy people? But right. it's like, Hey, wh- how do you relate to material goods? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think that's important. Good stuff. Um, one thing I wanted to get to, and I watched a couple of videos that you've sure. done on just diversity in the workplace. Yeah. And we had broached the topic yeah. earlier, but I just feel like there's such important things to, to talk about. Do you mind yeah. sharing?
1: Well, this is, we could, first of all, we could do a whole another podcast <laughs> on diversity. So first of all, you know, it's interesting because similar to, um, you know, how I view work. So I say work is inherently good.
0: Yeah.
1: My starting point is diversity is inherently good. Yeah. It has to be, or God wouldn't have designed it as right. such, right? Yeah. Um, clearly somewhere between God's plan and our practice, we, we, we lost the plot.
0: Very much so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, very much
1: so. And I think if we're honest, unfortunately, there's almost nothing more representative of our brokenness and our fallenness as humans as as is our in a sense perspective and our practices as it pertains to diversity yeah. right um you know i you know we were we were talking you know before we were on and it's just interesting the vast majority of us live in communities that are almost wholly monolithic we 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 live with people from the same racial ethnic or socioeconomic background um, and if you were to ask someone intellectually do they value diversity, most people, if yeah. for no other reason than to be politically correct, would right. say yes, right? Yes, very much But if so. you walked around with yes. him, yes. for most people, you would find no practical, right, like, yeah. intentional engagement of diversity in their lives, right? Um, I like how the Bible um, teaches us about different aspects of diversity. Like, he says, like, in the church, right, I've, I've, I've distributed a diversity of gifts, Yeah, and it talks about how all the members like come together.
0: Yeah,
1: right. And so there's an interdependence of there, and there's a value in the diversity, and there's an understanding that the body can't truly flourish unless all the members come together and doing their part. And then there's a and and there's a specialness that's given to every single member. And he even goes further to say the parts when he says less comely, the parts that you think because God values them are less. You should treat them right. Yeah. With greater esteem, so yeah. so God gets it, yeah, right? <laughs> that yeah. we, yeah. right? So uh, how does this apply to you know how I think about uh, diversity in the workplace? So one, like all difficult topics, you have to engage around it. Yeah. So to be able to be willing to have uh, the 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 dialogue, and you know, this is a pastor, right? It's sort of like you know. People want to be encouraged and come to church like nobody actually wants you to talk about sin, but like (laughs) you really do actually have to talk about it, (laughs) Yes, Sorry about that. (laughs) Well, you really do. It is a thing, right? right. And so so one, actually talking about it, right? Um, The other thing is to get people to appreciate it, not simply by talking about it, but by experiencing it. Like one of the things I say is, I'm so glad for the workplace as it pertains to diversity, um there's so many people that are a part of my life wonderful part of my my, my life um that have per- experiences and perspectives that save work I would have likely never met I wouldn't have engaged with it I wouldn't have known those communities or those cultures thank god for work yeah right and so actually in some respects I wish um although we don't get it perfect at work part of what we experience there I wish could explode more into other parts of our lives in terms of how we bring People together, yeah. Um, of diverse backgrounds and and cultures. The other thing is, um, this is an aside. I, I think that as believers, bringing a kingdom mentality and mindset to everything. So I think there are so there are certain constructs that we've uh, we have in the secular world that we kind of accept. But why? One construct, and I know this might be controversial for some people, is not for me. But I, so I made the statement: like race is a curious construct to me. Hmm. It's a made up social construct. Yeah, right, totally. Right. There's yeah. there's no DNA or anything like behind that. I mean right. we could at least talk legitimately about ethnicity. Yeah. But think about how it 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 colors or characterizes how people engage with, see, or interact with each other. Yeah. And it's in a sense I mean, I'm cartooning it only a little bit because realistically, we made it up.
0: It's just made up. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right, right. right.
1: right. Um, And there's a narrative now that we are all unconsciously taught in our heads about race, something that we made up. Right. Um, And so, again, I think that believers, we have a tremendous opportunity because we know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And we know truthfully how God sees people. Yeah. So, so I, I just think you know that's a powerful part of thinking about how we 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 engage on diversity.
0: No, I think yeah. I mean, you're so right. Uh, I yeah, I appreciate you jumping into that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I wanted. Can I just real quickly just ask you about your like pastoral ministry? Sure. Like, what does that what does that look like for you? And like, I mean, it, yeah, it's cool. I just want to ask about that.
1: So, um, so for me, so I I was born and raised on the south side of Chicago and what what uh, so, what neighborhood so i i i lived on um 9700 south okay. um so like if if people would be are familiar with the city like i'm i'm near where like i grew up near where like the dan ryan 95th yeah, uh, right. street yeah, L yeah, station yeah. is or in and around that community mm-hmm. um and uh, you know for for so for me what i enjoy like to, currently we live in the south suburbs of chicago and we picked the South suburbs because we wanted to be close to the South side where I still have a lot of uh, connections and community and family. And our church is on the South side of Chicago. So, so, so one for me, it's interesting because I I like to tell people I belong to a lot of communities, right? Like my, 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 my work community is one community, right? You know, there's professional groups or associations I'm part of. Um, But then the church is not only my faith community, but it's connected to the communities that I grew up in. And for me personally, that's important, you know, because of what's happened to me in, in terms of my work, in a sense, my, my social economic, um, status has changed. yeah. Um, but for me, it's important to be connected to those communities that I not only came from, but I'm still a part of. Yeah. And so it allows us to do that. We have more of what I would describe as a smaller to medium-sized, really smaller church. Yeah. And I actually enjoy that yeah. because it really is an extended family. What I like to say to people like, and this is not a disparaging comment to any kind of church. I think every church has its calling, yeah. but like I say, look, if I don't show up to church Everybody knows, right? I mean, right, like, yeah. I mean it's just You're everybody missed, knows everybody. Right? You, you right. are literally yeah. missed, right? Yeah, for sure. And and so I, I really love that. Um there is an an engagement, there's an, a level of accountability. Um, for me, the parts of the ministry um that I enjoy, like again, involve uh in the in the preaching and teaching parts of the ministry. Um, but probably one of the things uh, in, and in teaching, I I probably love most Sunday school. Like okay. um, in some respects, it's debatable, you know. I'm called, um, and I do the sermons or the homilies. But like, what well, I like Sunday school is because you get the feedback yeah, and the interaction. Sure, right. um, and I really love uh, men's ministry. Mm. Um, I just have a passion and a heart for men. And the way we come in, we have an open men's fellowship, so it's not just people at our church; it's people okay. f- from anywhere can come. And 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 we have this open men's fellowship. But you know, it's kind of the iron sharpening iron. Yeah. You know, we can really have those real conversations right. and help build each other up. Um, so, so those things, and then the other parts is just we just do different things to sow into the community. At, at our church, uh, we have a part of our ministry that focuses on helping people uh, with substance abuse and addiction. We we have an AA program that's run through the church, okay. right? Um, we focus on financial stewardship and 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 helping people um, because again, you know, so many people, you know, are really struggling to make ends meet financially. Yeah. So different things like that, and it's just like you just you feel like you're you're in real ways, having a meaningful impact on people's lives, but but just as importantly, you know that those people are having a meaningful impact on your life. Because yeah. the last thing I would say about my local church, right, and the work that I have been, you know, called to vocationally, like you, you wind up with these titles and you manage all these assets, and and people think that's, in a sense, really important. Yeah, and so they treat you a certain kind of sure. way, right? If for nothing else, for your title. Well, I don't have that problem at church. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, in some respects, half the people, like. I think they might think, hey, you have an important... But they don't right. care, right? right? And I mean, in a good way. Yeah, no, that's right? how it should be, and right? And so yeah. it, it's wonderful, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just part of yeah. the church family, right. right? Um, So I really do love the yeah. ministry.
0: You need that. And um, yeah, I guess in, and in bigger churches too, it can get to where like it's just a positional status. You know, I'm the... Pastor of blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like a position as opposed to like being like known by, you know, everyone in the church. I, I yeah, yeah, I, it's good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Uh, okay. Well, I have my final two questions. Are right. you, are you ready for I'm them? ready. Okay. So the first <laughs> one is what is the strangest job that you have ever had?
1: Oh my gosh. That's a good one. What is the strangest? Uh, I'll tell you. Um, and I've had all kinds of jobs. I I had an internship between my first and my second uh, year of college where I had to file medical records. Yeah. So first of all, it was just like mind numbing. (laughs) (laughs) But the the reason I say strange, I mean, because I'm sure people, if I gave them all my jobs, they would say, well, these seem strange. Because um, it just felt like... they i would show up and they would have i mean you would just be rooms of files and like they would just be color coded and you just had to go find the color where it went and you spent Thanks. all day doing it and i never had any connection to like what we were actually achieving <laughs> right. it was just POWs and pals,
0: <laughs> of <fash>. it's the <laughs> definition of busy worker, oh
1: right? So, so that's the one that
0: immediately Man, comes to mind. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, okay, so my final question then is: Okay, what is one piece of advice you would give to somebody looking to bring the kingdom more into their work?
1: There are so many um, things we could do, but my one biggest piece of advice: prayer. I, you know, well-intended it's just so easy for all of us to lean to our own understanding. And I tell people, I said, well, what does God sound like? Well, to me, God sounds like me. yeah, Right. And so the biggest challenge I have in life, and I think most people, but I'll speak for myself, is discerning my own voice from God's. And what I found is the only way I can truly understand what God's will is in the kingdom and, and, and playing out on earth is if I am communing with God in prayer. Um, and if in being honest and transparent in those times in my life where my prayer life has struggled, I've been less effective in realizing uh, the power and the presence of the kingdom of God in my life. But in those times where I've been connected and committed to prayer, I'm able to hear from God, truly hear from God, yeah, not my own right. voice yeah. and see the power and presence of God manifested in my work life.
0: Ah, Good stuff. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Thank oh. you. Uh, Thanks for having me over to your house. Well, thank you. It's been good. It's been great to talk to you.
1: Curry, I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed hearing from Shundran. I especially liked towards the end where we got into the the diversity piece to all this stuff. Uh, I think that's important stuff. I have linked a video in my show notes. I asked you to go check that out. He has some amazing thoughts around the topic. And I think some thoughts that like most of us probably haven't really considered on it, honestly. And so uh, I encourage you to do, do all that. Uh, check out what he's got going on. Check out the book. Please uh, pick it up and support uh, what he's doing. And uh, yeah, until next time, get out there and hustle.